Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Today we're going to be talking about EMDR yet again, but this is from a different perspective. As a Christian, is EMDR okay? Is it something that we should even do? One of the reasons we wanted to address this is because a lot of times when I'm talking to Christians who know I'm a therapist and have asked, you know, my daughter's dealing with this or my son or myself, I'm dealing with this. What do you think I should do? You guys know that we have talked about EMDR a lot. A lot of times that will end up being my recommendation. And often I see that they're hesitant. And they're worried about, well, I don't really understand what EMDR is. Is this something that's okay as a Christian? Because it seems like it's new agey or strange. And I think I used to tell people all the time, this sounds like voodoo witchcraft hocus pocus, but it's voodoo witchcraft hocus pocus that works. And I think there is a certain element of mystery to this that makes people uncomfortable. And there's people who trust us a lot, who we've even mentored in the faith, who question if this is an okay strategy to get to a more mentally healthy place. And Tim said it's voodoo witchcraft hocus pocus that works, but it really is not that. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't believe that anymore. It was more of a thought process at the beginning when it was more mysterious. But as I've done it more and I've been able to make sense of what was originally a mystery. Now I see it more for what it is. It's a tool to help you get out of your own way. It's a tool to help you process through emotions that you weren't able to process through before, and then able to really come to more logical and healthy beliefs about yourself. But at the beginning, when you really don't understand what's going on, it is very mysterious. And I think that's what can catch people off guard sometimes is that element of mystery and unknown about it. Yeah, I agree. I think that mystery of kind of that unconscious mind, but because there's so much that we just don't know about it, it is scary as a Christian to think, what is this realm of the unknown and is it okay for us to dive into this? So really what prompted this topic, besides being asked by others if this is okay and seeing the hesitancy in other Christians about starting EMDR and just all the questions about it, was the sermon that we heard at church today. And at the very end, we always do, how can we apply this to our life? How can we live this out? And he asked this question to us about, what do I believe about my identity that's not true? And shortly after, we sang a song about Christ being magnified in our life. That just really prompted me that that question about what do I believe about my identity that's not true? Those are the negative cognitions that we identify in EMDR. What are the things about ourselves Do I see and do I continue to, even though I know and I can see what's in the Bible that tells me who I am in Christ, that I continue to struggle with those thoughts and those beliefs. And then once the song started playing, I thought, if I truly want to magnify Christ in my life and I want to be that light for others, to always point back to Christ, I need to make sure that my identity is right and that I'm not saying Christ can save and he is the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And then right after that, not having a right identity in Christ. And so that's really what kind of spurred on today's topic and the episode. And I think there's this interesting part of this is when you're going through EMDR, 
you have those negative cognitions or negative belief systems about yourself. And you may understand intellectually or logically that they're not true, but you feel as though they're true and you operate and you choose behaviors that agree with and affirm that they're true. And it makes it hard to shift and to move away from that. It's actually very interesting. So when I've done EMDR on people who are Christians, there's a consistency that I see where they never have an experience where they're hearing something from God that's out of character for who God is and what is stated in the Bible. But what they do have is this reduction of negative feelings. And then when we shift over to the positive side, so how EMDR works is once you've worked down on that negative cognition, that negative belief system and those negative emotions, you flip over towards installing the positive belief systems. And it's very consistent and very interesting is that that's the time when people who are Christians or people who have faith tend to start feeling like they hear from God or that they get an impression from God. Oh, God was telling me this. And it's always in an, it's always in an affirming type way where it's telling them something that's good or wonderful or amazing about them or how God feels about them in love or protection or something along those lines, which really goes along with what the biblical teaching is when you're a person of faith that God is for you. He's not against you. Right, that he has washed your sins away from you and they're separated as far as the east is from the west and that he's no longer condemning you. But when people haven't gone through that process yet, there's so much condemnation that they're heaping upon themselves. But then once they get to the other side, they feel almost this warm embrace from God where it's like, no, I'm not here to condemn you. I am here to save you. I am here to be in a right and healthy relationship with you. And so it's so interesting how it so consistently allows people who are wounded to then all of a sudden be able to shift into this more healthy understanding and connection with God, whereas before they were hindered in some way, shape, or form. Right. And Romans 8.1 is exactly what Tim's talking about. It says, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And I think as Christians, exactly what Tim said, that that installation process in EMDR really is, as Christians, putting on the truths that God has spoken to us through the word. This is a point where we're allowing the Spirit of God to define who we are, and we walk in that. In order to know who we are, we have to be in the scriptures and know what our identity is in Christ and walk that out as well. And I think there's another kind of interesting aspect of this that a lot of times Christians will view the Father in heaven similarly to how they view their Father on earth. And what happens is if you have a wounded or damaged or distant relationship from your Father on earth, that causes you then to oftentimes project that onto God. And it can cause you to view God in a certain way or be distant from him because of your relationship with your actual father. And when you go through and you work on some of the woundings that maybe you've received from your father here, it allows you to then get past your preconceived notions of who God is and actually see him for who he is and connect with him for who he is without the weight or the bearing of some of the damage that's been done to you here. You know, when we talk about it often that I can have someone sitting on the couch and I can tell them who they are in Christ, right? I can say, you are worthy, you are loved, you're a child of God. And I can even quote scriptures to them and they can cognitively know in their head, this is what I've read, this is who I am, this is who I'm supposed to be, but they don't feel it and they don't live it out because that doesn't seem true to them. So they try their best 
They put their best effort in, but they just cannot get to that place where that's who they really claim their identity to be. They can say it cognitively, but they don't truly believe that's who their identity is. And that's where I think EMDR as Christians, it could really help you walk in the truth of who God says you are, because you're no longer listening to that voice that's not true. So in the past episode on shame, guilt, and conviction, we left off with which one of those are you listening to, shame, guilt, or conviction. But when we talk about whose voice are you listening to, in our mind, we can really be influenced by a lot of different things. But there are really four voices that you can hear. The four voices you can hear is one, yourself, two, somebody else's voice, three, you can hear Satan's voice, or four, you can hear God's voice. And trying to figure out which one you're listening to is very important because you may be hearing from yourself and getting a condemning response from yourself, or you can be hearing from God who's uplifting you or convicting you to change your behavior, right? Or you could be hearing from others who are condemning you, or even maybe Satan who's condemning you or trying to confuse or deceive you. And I think when you're thinking about all these different things, it is important to take into consideration what voice am I hearing? But I think what going through EMDR really helps you do is to just quiet down all of the excess noise that's going on in your head. And it actually allows you to see things more clearly. I tell people, hey, when you go through enough EMDR, actually what it's going to cause you to do is be better able to read people and read situations because it's quieted down some of the noise inside of your mind and the emotions are not nearly as much a part of the equation when you're trying to discern what's going on. And so then when you're looking at it and you're trying to figure out what's going on, you're like, oh, actually, I can see why this person's doing this. I can see that they're actually coming from a state of woundedness. But even though they're kind of seeming like they're attacking me, it actually can take away some of the discomfort in those unpleasant interactions with people because you all of a sudden can see deeper to what their motivation is and where they're coming from. And it gives you actually more compassion for them. I tell people this all the time, like even in therapy, people are worried that you're going to judge them. And I always tell them, I'm not going to judge you because I've seen why people behave the way they do. I've seen the wounding and the damage that causes them to do A, B, or C that they might feel shame about telling somebody, even their own therapist, in a confidential setting because they're so terrified of getting judged. But when you truly start understanding where the motivations of the behaviors come from, it allows you to be much more compassionate towards other people. Yeah, and I love that picture of quieting those voices because I think that's so true is that when we're not listening to the truth and when we're believing parts of our identity that are not true, it's clearly not God's voice, right? It's all those other voices that have told you who you are. When we go back to that idea of shame, it's you've done something and now they're saying that's who you are and they continue to condemn you for it. And condemnation and conviction are totally different, right? God wants you to be convicted and turn from sin and the things that you're doing wrong, but he doesn't condemn you. He doesn't keep you there and say, you've done this, you're going to pay for this and continue to cast that shame on you. Those are the other voices. The truth of who you are is to walk in the freedom of Christ that he's forgiven you from those sins and he's come and taken those sins from you and he's raised from the dead and we are living free in Christ because of what he's done, not because of what I've done or who I am. And so I love that picture of what Tim's saying about quieting all those other voices so that we can hear the truth and walk in that identity. I think another thing that happens a lot, too, is a lot of people do get wounded by the church. And if you're one of those people who's been wounded by the church, 
it's hard not to then blame God for the wounding that the church has done to you. But then going on and getting that wounding repaired and fixed so that you can better integrate into the body of Christ is also an important thing. And I think the interesting thing about EMDR is that it's not different than, like, for example, if you break your arm and you go to a doctor and you have them set the broken arm and then put a cast on it. That's not a Christian or non-Christian activity. And EMDR is the same thing. It's not a Christian or non-Christian activity. It's just something that you can get done that helps heal a wounding or damage that's been done to you. And when you get that damage removed, it allows you to operate more fully in the way that you're supposed to. Just think about if you have that broken arm and you don't get that arm set, right? You're not going to be able to do things with your arm in that body part in the full way that it's supposed to behave. You can't support weight or you can't use it to open and close things. You just kind of let it lay limp on your side. But then you go in and you get that thing fixed. Now, all of a sudden, you can use it back to its fullest potential again, where you can support yourself. You can lift weights. You can do all types of things with your arm that you couldn't while it was broken. And same thing, if you are emotionally wounded and broken, you're not able to do all of the things that God has called you to do. You're going to struggle in fulfilling your duty that you have as a part of the body of Christ. And so if you go in and you get it fixed, right? Again, EMDR is not a Christian process, but it's not a non-Christian process, right? It's not one way or the other. It's just something you can do that can help you to fulfill another duty that is faith-based. Yeah, and I think just understanding that God is the creator of all. He's created our mind in an incredible way and our bodies in an incredible way. When I think about God forming a new life in the womb and the step-by-step intricate process that happens all the way through. It's incredible and it's amazing. And I think that's the standpoint that Tim and I have, that God created this as a tool that we can use to bring healing to this broken world so that we can point back to Christ and we can glorify God in the way that we live our lives on a daily basis. When we talk about EMDR, we know that it can bring healing, but we know that Christ ultimately brings that healing, right? So it's not a matter of when I say, oh, you should get EMDR on that. It doesn't take the place of me believing that God could heal that at any moment, but it's a tool that can be used to help aid in that. And going back to what Tim said about being hurt by the church, I've certainly been hurt by the church. And I think I just have to remind myself and I want to remind all of you that people are poor representations of who Christ truly is. And you have to remember that the church is full of people who are damaged and wounded. And will wound. Right. And you've heard hurting people hurt people, right? And it's not that people are purposely trying to hurt, but we are damaged and we're wounded. And so we have to be sure that we don't equate people or the church with who Christ is himself, but that we really separate that out and know who God is and look at the Bible and understand who we are in him. And I think, too, a lot of people get extra wounded by the church because they go in expecting that they're going to be safe people who are going to treat them better than the average person. But then when they are disappointed and they run into people who are treating them just like anybody else would, then they get kind of surprised and shocked. And that's what causes, I think, a little bit of additional wounding is you have your barriers down because you think you're safe. And then when you get hurt by a Christian, it adds an extra sting to the pain because you are expecting them to be better than. You're expecting them to be more safe than other people would be. But then the truth is that we are all damaged people. And I'm not trying to give people 
the excuses and say like, oh, it's okay to act bad because everybody's damaged. But just that understanding that just because you profess Christ doesn't mean that you're going to automatically operate in a better way. It's still a process you have to go through where you're trying to be better. You're trying to be more Christ-like, but it's something that you will always ultimately fail at. So if you're listening to this and you have no idea what we're talking about, or you're not a Christian, but you're interested in knowing what we're talking about and knowing the freedom that comes in Christ, we would love to talk to you about that. Please reach out through our Facebook group and message us. We would love to share more or answer any questions that you have about this. All right, guys, thank you for listening. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.